You're now tuned in to the Desire to Trade podcast, a show where we bring you the best figures of the trading world and teach you how you can become a successful trader. This is your host, Etienne Kret. Hey, what's up, trader? It's Nkatia from DesireToTrade.com. Now, this week, I'm really happy about my guest, as always. His name is Kirk Duplessis, and is the founder as well as head trader at OptionAlpha.com. Now, OptionAlpha is one of the greatest portals, I would say, to learn how to trade options. All the training over there are free, so people can join for free and start learning today. There are thousands of videos over there. Now, what I like about Kirk is he's had a lot of successes in his career. He started working as an investment banker in New York, and he, also, he was also the co-founder of an edge fund. The good thing about Kirk is he went through a lot of failures and he learned a lot from them. In fact, he lost about 1.5 years trying to day trade and he lost about $15,000 from trying to day trade in different markets. Now what's great about Kirk is he has a lot of advice about either trading or simply life. And the good thing is he thinks his advice are apply only to option trading, but I find that it's good for anything, whether you trade stock or forex or anything. He really has this great message of thinking in terms of probability all the time. Now, before we jump into the podcast, I just wanted to remind you one thing. I've created the Facebook group a few weeks ago, and this group is made for Forex traders to meet other people, meet other traders online. If you're the kind of person that looks for a community of other traders, simply go to desiretotrade.com forward slash group, and you'll be redirected to this Facebook group you can join for free. I really hope you'll join us there. It's a place where I share my advice, I share my tips, and people respond to them. People can ask any question. We have a lot of great fun over there. So check that out. It's at trade.com forward slash group. And I hope to see you there. I'll talk to you soon. So what's up, Kirk? How are you doing? Good, man. Thanks for having me on the show. Wow, cool. Uh, could you start by introducing yourself and telling us a little bit more what you're doing these days? Yeah, so um, I'm... Honestly, just a regular guy. I um, live outside of Pittsburgh and Pennsylvania in the States, and um, I am an options trader. That's what I do. I run a website called Option Alpha that's I've had for a long time and um, just helps people learn how to trade options. We give 95% of our stuff away for free, and I know that it's better than everyone else's paid content out there. And so we manage a community of about 17,000 members right now, uh, both free and paid. And, uh, and yeah, so that's what I do. I trade options. I hang out with my daughter at home and help other people learn how to do the same. Hmm, yeah. The fact, one thing I like from you, I think is the fact that you're trading as well as teaching, right? Yeah. So it's not only, it's not only teaching or it's not only trading. So that's, that's really cool. Well, and I think it's even more than that. It's, it's, you know, the transparency is, is my big thing that I've always wanted to have, you know, and what we do on our membership side is, you know, not only do we send out the trades that we're making, but then every single night, no matter what happens in the market, if we make money or not, you know, if we make $10,000 or lose $10,000 or whatever the case is, we do a video every single night for our members showing them exactly what we did and where we messed up or where we made money or didn't. And I think that's the, uh, that's the biggest thing, you know, that I think that I found, I, I can't still find anybody online who honestly has enough commitment to show you everything they're doing every single day. Um, and so I think that's a big differentiator for me. Mm -hmm. I've read a little bit about your story and I've heard of it basically on different podcasts. 
I know you have a story of a lot of successes and a lot of failures at the same time. So could you tell us a little bit how you started trading and how everything turned out for you? Yeah, I mean, it's still it's still a journey. So I mean, I'm definitely not there, you know, yet. I want to, you know, I definitely have bigger goals and I want to be a different place than I'm at right now. But I mainly started when I was uh, just out of college. I worked in New York in the investment banking industry. So I was a M&A banker. Um, so I saw that side of the business and uh, realized quickly that I didn't want to do that my entire life, although I had thought to myself through business school that, you know, I wanted to be an investment banker. That's what everyone does, you know, did. That's what everyone was going to do. Uh, it just never really worked out for me. I didn't like the hours. I didn't like what I was doing. Um, I, I thought the business is extremely interesting, but uh, but just wasn't for me. And so, well, in my time in New York, I also did a rotation on a derivatives trading desk. So I was able to see again, you know, that kind of large scale banking and trading, and and how that kind of works, and and what the difference is there between you know what we could do now as a individual or retail trader. So I left New York. I went to D.C., uh, where I eventually, you know, met, married my wife. Worked in D.C. for a little bit um, at a REIT shop. Uh, we basically offered coverage on REITs, uh, which are real estate investment trusts. And so we would meet with CEOs and CFOs and see, you know, what their projections were for stuff and and their expenses and if they had any major projects. And then we try to come up with a stock valuation and publish that report and sell that report. And again, I I liked the business. I liked you know seeing that side of it and, and talking with CEOs and CFOs. But at the end of the day, even though, you know, we might have had an insight that many other people didn't have about where the company was going, it rarely ever, you know, played out in the stock price. Meaning that, you know, if we knew that a company was going to have pretty good earnings or a pretty good quarter and we would publish a report and say, you know, the stock price should go up, you know, the quarter should be great. The market never reacted that way. You know, we never knew what it was going to be, you know, what the reaction was going to be in the market. And at the end of the day, I think it's, you know, a lot of pushing of ideas that maybe, you know, don't really translate into actual profits for traders. Um, so after that, I, you know, left, I had already started Option Alpha as kind of a side hobby blog and then kind of went full board into uh, into education and trying to train people and and figure it out myself. And, and along the way, I've, I've made money, I've lost money, we've done you know, 900 plus nightly videos now. So there's probably plenty of examples within there of making and losing money, you know, along the way. Um, so yeah, that's where we're at. I'm glad there's something I saw on your website that you mentioned. It's the fact that trading is really simple, but the hard part is doing trade every single day and like executing the strategy basically. Yeah. Yeah. And in fact, yeah, I was gonna say, actually, because you, you'd sent me before, you said, you know, here, here's a couple of things you might ask in the, you know, in the show. And one of the first things you said was, what's a quote like that maybe you live by? And so one of my favorite quotes, and then not a quote that I live by, but one of my favorite quotes is from Jim Olson, who said, small, smart decisions plus consistency over time equals a radical difference. And I truly believe that. And you look at anybody who, and, and I, I don't consider myself successful right where we are. I think I've, I've done a good job, and but I want to be at a different level, not only with, you know, growing the website, but also growing my trading and my marriage and my fan, you know, being a father, I want to be at different levels. And I think it takes a continual commitment to the small tasks that seem so minuscule every single day to, to make that big difference. And I think it's no different in trading. I think trading is nothing more than the accumulation of small, smart decisions over time. Mm -hmm. So how did you become profitable in trading? Was that taking courses or reading books or did you, I, I guess you had to practice a lot, but I how wish, did that happen? Yeah. I wish there was stuff out there that, that, uh, that was out there, you know, eight years ago when I really started, you know, doing this. Um, and it was it, nothing that's out was out there eight years ago is out there now. 
you know, and there's a lot that's been new to the market, new technology, new platforms, new way of thinking about trading, uh, you know, new research that, you know, kind of confirms some decisions. So unfortunately, I, I did a lot of the hard knock stuff. I mean, I, I day traded stocks. I tried to do that. That didn't work out. I tried to day trade options. That that didn't work out. You know, and I finally kind of fell into a groove, you know, pretty quickly when you're you're losing money and trying to figure out what, what works, you know, the first couple of weeks at home. I finally kind of fell into a groove and and really took a step back and tried to understand the math behind everything. And that's where, you know, things started to click. Now, over time, you know, that's obviously been refined. I start learning, you know, the exact entry points that I need to be at versus maybe like a general frame of reference, you know. Um, so it's an, a continuously evolving, I think, you know, kind of skill that you learn. But um, for me, it's all math based. You know, I, I don't trade anymore you know, on any assumptions, on any anything other than just the math. The math has to work. And if the math doesn't work, then it's not worth worth making a trade. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm really glad you mentioned the fact about the information. I, I think there's a big difference from probably eight years ago and a lot before that compared to when I started like two or three years ago. I think like there's a lot more website today and even two, three years ago than there was uh, in, in your time probably. So. Well, yeah, and I even think like the... In the financial space, especially in the options or stock or forex space, the technology is still behind. You know, you look at like other companies just as like a sidebar, but you look at like other companies and services out there and their technology is even ahead of their industry. In our industry, in the trading industry and in financial industry, it's deliberately behind the eight ball. Yeah, you know, the eight ball. Because the banks and everyone else, the big brokerages that kind of manage the industry, they don't want people to take, you know, kind of the control of their own finances. And they they don't invest in platforms. They don't, you know, do anything. I mean, I bought a software one time to try to, you know, test out some different strategies and some different things. I had to buy a computer that was five years old because they didn't want to update the software. Right? Like the computer the software would only run on a computer five years old. And they just didn't want to update the software. So that's the kind of, you know, industry we're in. And I think it's dramatically changing and, and radically changing in the favor of the retail individual trader on all fronts, you know, very quickly. So even a year from now, it's going to look dramatically different than it is right now. Hmm, that's interesting. It's really interesting. Could you give us an example of what's uh, like a new technology for you in terms of trading? Yeah, so I think, you know, right now, like for me as a as a company, what we're doing at Option Alpha is is being able to invest in uh, database technology and backtesting software. Um, so we've we've built our own backtesting software for stocks that that we can talk about later on, but we're now starting to, you know, use other resources and other database technology out there like C and C databases that have just the not only the capacity to handle the type of data that we need to backtest, but also have the reliability to do it in a way that 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 actually can be reliable. You know that that we want to make sure that the data is not only handled, but then it can be back tested accurately. So, I think that you know capacity that's out there, although it's a small part of the market, is now going to open up the possibility for us as a small company, in the grand scheme of things, to be able to you know provide research and back testing information on different strategies and techniques that frankly just hasn't been around for a long time. Mm -hmm. I think backtesting was one of my big problems when I started trading. And even even today, I find it just really hard to backtest, right? Yeah, incredibly hard. And that's like, it's incredibly hard. So, you know, 12 months ago, almost 12 months ago now, you know, me and my team set out and said, okay, look, we're going to build a backtesting software ourselves. 
you know, and it's just in-house, so we don't publish it, but we're going to be publishing a report that kind of, you know, presents our study, you know, from backtesting 20 years of stock data and all kinds of technical analysis. Um, and it was incredibly hard to build and incredibly expensive. And I know why people don't do it or why it's not out there. Uh, but I think that that type of, uh, you know, those type of people, hopefully like ourselves and, you know, Option Alpha and what we're doing there, that is what is going to help everybody. You know, the, being able to, to present this information and this this re, these results to people and see what really works. You know, we've been told for many years, you know, you got to use this indicator and you got to have these settings. Okay, does it really work? You know, show me the data. You know, tell tell me it really works. Show me where it really works. You know, over time, uh, and that's some of the stuff that we want to do as a company here at Option Alpha. Now, one thing I'd like to go into is: Could you guide us a little bit through? What's a trade in terms of options? So how do you take a trade when you trade option? Yeah, so so our entire strategy is, is very simple as an options trader. In options, which are different than stocks in Forex, which are just one direction, although you have you know options uh, in Forex as well and, and futures as well. But in options, what we're trying to do is just take advantage purely of the mispricing in implied volatility. And what I mean by that is that when options are priced, they're priced mainly off of the implied move in the stock. So if somebody or if the market thinks that Apple stock is going to move 40% a year versus 50% a year, so the implied move of the stock. And we know historically using backtesting and data that we've collected that that implied move is always overstated, meaning that the stock is never going to move as far as people always price in. And it's kind of like insurance. In fact, you can think of it almost exactly like an insurance contract is that the insurance company is going to assume that your house burns down 2% of the time when maybe only it burns down 1% of the time, right? So they're trying to take advantage of that mispricing. And that's all we're trying to do on the, on the option side. So all we do is we sell options and that can be different types of strategies. It doesn't have to be super uh, undefined risk or naked. You can do it on a defined risk basis with a credit spread or an iron condor or any of those you know types of strategies. And we're just trying to play the numbers and play the probabilities, make enough trades over the course of our career that the numbers work out in our favor. And we think this is pretty successful. I mean, it's been pretty successful for us and, and we're going to keep doing it. Hmm. So what would that involve? Would that mean you look over a chart and see the graph as a normal trader would do? Or would that mean you, you're basing yourself more on on maths or, uh, on, or data, basically? Yeah, so I mean, you know, frankly speaking, I don't care where a stock goes that I that I you know am looking at. In fact, I literally just got off a coaching call with a guy that I had, you know, kind of talking about this concept. But if you think about it, at the end of the day, we don't know where stocks are going to go. In fact, you know, we, like we tracked Goldman Sachs, who is the most powerful, most influential investment bank on the planet, uh, hands down, right? The most powerful, influential bank. We tracked all of their recommendations that they had. Over, I think like 16 years, and they were no better than 48% win versus loss, right? So in fact, actually flipping a coin, following the research of the most powerful, influential investment bank on the planet was no better than flipping a coin, right? So if we don't know where stocks are going to go, and we don't have more information than they do, and having more information doesn't make them any better than us, then why do people care about which direction they're going to go? So in, in my opinion, I think the stock chart, it will eventually, I, I don't know, I think it'll eventually maybe disappear for the for the professional trader. 
And I think slowly over time, maybe 20 years or so, it will disappear for the individual trader because it really doesn't mean it doesn't mean a lot. It doesn't give us any it doesn't give us much predictive influence as as maybe we thought it did before. So in my eyes, I can make a trade in anything. My main concern is is my overall portfolio neutral. So like if I don't like Chipotle burritos because of this whole E. coli breakout that's happening right now with them, right? So like if I don't want to trade Chipotle bullish because I think it might be harmful for their stock, great. I make a bearish trade in Chipotle. I've got to find a bullish trade someplace else to give me balance, right? I want to make sure that all of my pieces in my portfolio are pretty balanced and neutral. I've got an even number on both sides. And if I can do that, then I'll be successful because as the market moves, some will make money, some won't. But overall, my portfolio should generate some income. Mm -hmm. Now, I want to go into another topic, I would say, which would be your trading failures or your, uh, yeah, so basically your failures. What were some of your biggest failures in trading? Yeah, so I, I think the biggest failure that I have was was early on, I tried to force everything into the market. You know, like when I started trading and told my wife I was going to do this, right? And she's, you know, very supportive, but, you know, as a supportive wife, she still kind of, you know, sighed and was like, okay, you know, I, I trust you, right? But it was kind of like an undertone of like, you better do this right. And I ended up losing a couple thousand dollars the first couple of weeks because I was just trying to force everything into the market, right? And at that time I was day trading stocks and trying to do that. And eventually I realized that, you know, you just can't do that. Um, so I was just trying to force too much stuff onto the market and I was making stupid decisions and I really wasn't thinking and I was kind of trying to force the trade back my way. You know, I think we can all get in that situation where you have a trade that goes against you and you kind of will it to turn around. You're like, no, 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 this time it's going to turn around, right? Yeah, I need it to turn around is some of the things that you'll say. But at the end of the day, it won't. And that's the that's the type of trade where you just got to get out of it, you know, take your loss, take it on the chin and, and move on to the next one. Now, I've seen you've lost on your website, you said $15,000, right? From day trading. A couple days over a course of a couple of weeks. That's that's what okay. we ended up losing. Yeah. Oh, so it was okay. a pretty big I mean, look, it was a pretty big, you know, nut to swallow for sure. Um, and it yeah, went, so how, did, how did that feel exactly? How do you think it feel? You, know, <laughs> you lose 15 grand, you know, and you have to go to your wife and say, hey, we're down uh -huh. 15 grand. It's been a couple of weeks. And she says, hey, I thought you were going to do this for a living, you know. Uh -huh. um, but I think it teaches you a lesson. I mean, look, I look at that as market tuition. You know, anytime I have a trade that goes against me like that, I look at it as market tuition. Like, you know, OK, look, I paid my dues. I figured out I definitely figured out what didn't work. And now I can figure out what does work. Mm -hmm. That's cool. But the good thing is now with all that, you've been able to trade successfully, right? So how is your lifestyle today with, with that trading? I mean, look, I, I honestly live a normal lifestyle. I live in a regular house. I'm sure our house is not, I know our house isn't expensive compared to like the average house in the country by any stretch, right? It's just a simple house. We live in a small town next to my wife's family because that's where we want to be. I've got a two-year-old daughter that I watch every day, so she's sleeping right now. So if she wakes up, then you'll hear her, and I'll we'll be off this call a little bit sooner. But that's my lifestyle. You know, we we live a simple lifestyle, and I think that that's important not only for trading, but just just in general, just financial sense. Mm -hmm. But I think what people have to realize is that in trading, it's not it's not only about what you what you have, like in terms of material. It's more about I would say the freedom that you have, right? Sure, sure. Yeah, we we left for you know. I mean, look, we, we can, if we wanted to, we could go on vacation at any point, you know, mm -hmm. um, we took a three day vacation right after Thanksgiving cause we wanted to, and my wife's pregnant with our, you know, second child. So we wanted to get away as a family 
and we did that, you know, during the week. So, so I think that, you know, again, I think personally it comes down to, you know, just making financial sense. You can do that even if you don't have trading, you mm-hmm. know, just live below your means, but most people don't do that. So. Yeah, I know what I've noticed over the past few weeks is that most people interested in trading are looking a lot for the lifestyle and like they, they want to travel more, including me. It's the same thing for me. They just want to travel more, have more time with their family, great relationship and all that stuff. So yeah. what would be your best advice for those people today? You know, I think you have to look at it as a business. You know, you can't, it's not a hobby. This isn't, this isn't something that you can whimsically do. If you're going to do it right, Right? You can whimsically invest in stocks and sometimes you might make money and sometimes you might lose money. But if you're going to be really involved in trading, whether that's options or Forex or stocks, you have to make it into a business, meaning that you've got to, you've got to go to work some days and, and do the work that's required. And on top of that, I think you have to have a long-term outlook. Now, I can only speak to how I trade in options. Right, I can't speak to I don't Forex trade. I don't stock trade. I'm only an options trader. And in options, it's all about the probabilities. But probabilities don't work out unless you make enough trades. So you have to have a long-term view. And if you have a long-term view and you stick with it every day, right, those small, consistent steps, and you're persistent in doing the right things, then you're going to be successful. And that's how I look at it. So I think if you have that long-term view and if you're disciplined enough to do the daily or weekly activities that get you there, then there's very little chance that you'll fail. No, you're speaking only of option, but I think it applies to any type of trading, whatever it's forex or stock. It's all about probabilities in the end. So yeah, and I think about look, I think it applies to life, right? Like whatever. Yeah. If, you're, yeah. if even if you're not trading and you're you're running a business, you do the small, consistent things, have the long term outlook, have the confidence to do it every single day, then you'll you're going to be successful. So what are the habits you have that uh, make your trading more like a business? I think, you know, one, you got to run it as a business. So I think if you're really going to do this, you got to run it as a business. Two, I think you have to take a salary. Yeah, I I don't know of many traders out there, and not that I've talked to every single trader out there, but I personally draw a salary out of my business. Now, this gets back down to what we talked about earlier, like in the early days when I was forcing trades into the market. And the problem was, is I needed the money, right? Like in the early days, I didn't have a, you know, a bankroll of extra cash sitting around. So I needed the money every single month and I would draw from my account every single month, whatever, you know, I ended up making. And I find that there's a lot of traders out there who do that as well. So I made a decision early on to say, Hey, you know what? I'm going to take a salary from my business. And this is where me and my wife sat down and said, look, how can we live below our means? You know, can I take a salary from the business that Whatever happens, good, bad, or indifferent, I'm taking the same amount of money out of our account every single month. That's my salary. And I'm still today on the same salary I was on six, seven years ago, right? Because that's what we know what our expenses are. And that gives me an incredible peace of mind to just go out there and make this thing a long-term investment, right? Like if I lose money, it doesn't matter. I'm still drawing my salary. If I make you know more money than my salary, great. I'm still drawing my salary out of the business. I think there's a lot to be said about how that changes your mindset and and how you approach this business. And it also forces you to live below your means and within a budget, you know, on in the early years. Mm-hmm. No, that's definitely great advice. And I think it applies to whether you do trading or not, of yeah. course. So, and then what do you do with the, uh, the, the excess of money you gain? Let's say, do you, re- do you keep it in your trading account to trade bigger and bigger all the time or do you invest it somewhere else? 
Yeah. So, um, and if everyone checks out my podcast, I talk about that in, in the podcast as well. Um, kind of what I do with the excess money, but there's a couple different areas that we put money into. Um, personally, we put money into uh, a bunch of real estate. So my wife and I hold a, a handful of properties now. I think we've got 12 units now that we hold as far as real estate properties. I mean, it's a business that we want to be in and we want to continue to grow. So we're going to be continuing to invest in there, you know, slowly over time. Um, and again, it's a long-term play, you know, for us. And then the other place that I put a lot of the money is is, is back into the business. Um, just in the, the back testing software that we built and the technical analysis report that we'll be releasing in the coming weeks, I mean, we put six figures into that report, you know, and then that's additional money that could have been used for trading, but I think it's going to, you know, provide a better service and opportunity for for other people on a long-term scale. And so it took us about a year to do and, and to build it out and to, you know, hire enough people and developers to get this thing right. And, and it's going to cost us more than six figures when it's done. So that's where we put our money is back into the business. Mm-hmm. I want you to talk about a little bit more about this uh, this report you've been building in the past past few months or past few years. Yeah, so so really, you know, I think it came it comes down to you know many people who are out there, regardless of what you trade, whether it's you know options or forex, everyone knows about technical analysis. And and if you're listening to this call right now, you've heard of it, or you're definitely you know or you're definitely interested in it, but. I always ask the question, you know, does this stuff work? You know, when I started trading options, I know options work because I can see the math behind it. I can't see the math behind technical analysis. I can't see the empirical data that says, yes, this indicator works versus this indicator. So we built our own software to backtest 20 years of data. So we started last year and it goes all the way back to 1995, 250 plus stocks that we tested. And we basically ran all of those different stocks through 766 different variations of technical indicators. So we tested, I think, 17 different indicators. So everything from momentum indicators to volume indicators to just price and average. Indi- I mean, you name it, we tested like a whole universe of different indicators and then hundreds of different variations within them. So, you know, for example, Do we buy when the stock crosses or the you know the currency crosses above the six-day moving average? Or is it better when it crosses above the seven or the eight or the nine or the ten? It's like that kind of detail we have now mm-hmm. you know been able to quantify in this report. And so now we're you know kind of putting the finishing touches on it and pulling it all together. But I think the results are pretty amazing. I, most of the technical indicators out there are not good. There's a handful of them that are pretty predictive. Um, but no stars aligned. You know, that that's I think the biggest thing that came out of the report for me is that there was never one indicator that worked well in every instance, meaning there wasn't one indicator that had the highest return and the lowest drawdown and the best win rate. I think there's a handful of them, maybe five or six, that worked well in different time frames. And we outline that in the report. You know, we kind of tell you what works and kind of where maybe the drawbacks are, the pros and cons. Um, but I think it's going to be a game changer. I really do. I think it's going to be an industry changer. I, I'm definitely going to bring it to the attention of some people in the in the industry that I know, and you know, hopefully get some traction behind this because this really proves that some of the major major indicators that have been touted by some of the biggest financial firms and investment banks out there have a hor- I mean, horrible predictability in the market. You know, and, and they're very simple to use. Maybe that's why they they tout them so much and they they promote them so much, but. You know, the data that we've collected, 17 million different trades, we're pretty confident in our results, you know, of finding the best the best indicators out there. Mm-hmm. That's really interesting. How long did that take to develop overall? 
Yeah, so it took eight months to actually pull the data together and uh, and like do all the testing. As you can imagine, it's hundreds and hundreds of tests and, and data points. Um, we had to build our own database to actually store all the data and all the all the different variations within there. And uh, then we've just been working on basically the last two months. In fact, earlier today and after I get off the phone with you, I'll just keep working on, you know, kind of pulling it all together, summarizing it, writing up the report um, and putting it out there. So it'll, it should be done the next couple of weeks and we're trying to have it launched early in the, the next year. <laughs> That's awesome. I'll be curious to see that for sure. Now, apart from that, what are your goals in the future? Yeah, so my goals for for the website and and for our membership is because um, that's mainly my main business. You know, apart from that, is obviously you know to grow my trading. You know, have a better relationship with my wife. You know, work more in my church, be with my kids more. Um, on the business side and on the trading side, I, I'd love to put out some more research. So, like I said earlier, you know, now that we've done the stock side of it, that was kind of like the platform and the foundation for now layering on top of that. You know, historical options data. So. What we've already started doing, and we'll probably take you know the better half of at least a year or a year and a half probably to actually you know do it everything right, is uh, is now start back testing option strategies. You know every variation of option strategy, every entry variation, exit variation, everything you could possibly imagine, we're going to try to test it out and and see what works right. So just like we did with technical analysis, and it just is going to take a little bit more time because option data is three dimensional. You know, it's not just the stock price, it's that stock price plus all the option data within there, both the calls and the puts. Mm -hmm. So that's where really where we're going is more of a uh, more of a think tank research house. And then on the membership side, you know, my main goal next year is obviously to grow the membership, but now start interconnecting all of these people. Um, you know, we've got 17,000 members on our website right now, and the communication is mostly one way, them to me we're going to start building out a custom forum and, and platform for all of these people to connect and, and start talking to each other, you know, and I think that's going to be a really cool thing once it gets, you know, up and rolling this year is, is having that ability to communicate with other like-minded traders, you know, that have the same philosophy that you do. Mm -hmm. So how can people find you exactly? So yeah, they can just go to optionalpha.com uh, or check me out on Twitter at optionalpha. Yeah, and you also have a couple of videos on YouTube, I think, right? We got a ton of videos on YouTube. A <laughs> <laughs> couple, couple thousand videos on YouTube of oh, options yeah. trading stuff. If you just search option alpha or options trading, I'm sure we'll come up at some point. Now, what keeps you motivated for the future? Well, uh, my kids. So my daughter and our, our new child on the way. Um, that keeps me motivated. I think that I love to see people who are empowered to make their own decisions. You know, I, I hate seeing people come to me and say, you know, I was with this financial institution or I was with this firm and, you know, after 10 years, they did nothing for me other than take fees, right? Like I think people can make their own decisions better than anybody else. And that's is that's explicitly why I don't manage money right now, right? Maybe in the future I might do that, but I don't manage money right now because I still think that individual people can manage their own money better than anybody else. You can make better decisions for yourself than anybody else. So why not try to learn how to do it, right? And we do that, you know, we try to coach people along doing that for free, you know, on our website. Um, and I think that's what that's what really gets me going, you know, seeing people do that. It's cool. Now, I just want to remind the listeners, additional for this podcast, are going to be on desartotrade.com forward slash Kirk, K-I-R-K. So you'll be able to find everything there, all the things we mentioned, probably a link to the report as soon as it's released. And we'll have a link to uh, Ashanafa, definitely.
Awesome. So, Kirk, I'd like to ask you one last question. Sure. Which is, if you could give only one piece of advice on how to thrive as a new trader, what would that one piece of advice be? I would say keep your position size small. Learn how to make money with a small position size and a small account size. Because if you scale up, it's not going to make anything better if you don't know how to make money with, with a small amount of money first. So I would say keep your position size small. Learn how to ride before you, uh, before you uh, take the wheel. Great. Awesome. So thanks, Kirk, for being here today on the, on the Disaster Straight podcast. And I'll see you guys in the next episode. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Desire to Trade podcast. To get all the information on this show, free articles, and unique resources, make sure to check out www.desiretotrade.com and subscribe. Please leave us a review and let us know what you thought about the show. It's time to become the best trader you can be. See you next time.